big hand clap of praise. Praise God. Book of Deuteronomy chapter 8. While you're turning there, uh, we were on Deuteronomy 5 last week. And uh, as apostolics, um, we, are, we're, we are probably wondering why I'm jumping over Deuteronomy 6. Um, I will probably uh, dedicate several lessons to Deuteronomy 6. Uh, but as I was reading through the book of Deuteronomy, what I'm about to preach to you uh, just jumped out at me and God gave me the message. And so I'm going to obey the Holy Ghost and uh, I'm actually really ramping up uh, to go strong and hard on the oneness of God. So uh, we want to take our time on that. That might be several weeks where we're just talking about different uh, aspects and understandings about the oneness of God and its implications. Praise God. So uh, I'm not sure exactly when I will come back to Deuteronomy 6, but we're coming back to it. So uh, it's out of honor and respect and um, a desire to provide you uh, with the best content uh, that we can. So uh, don't worry. Praise God. Uh, we're coming back to Deuteronomy 6. But tonight we're going to read Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse number 4. Say amen when you have it. We're going to go 4, jump 5, and then read 6. All right? 8. Skip five, drop down to six. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. And I want to preach to you tonight on this thought. <clears throat> feet that won't swell. Feet that won't swell. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Your word is powerful and it is anointed. I want to secure that anointing now over myself for the sake and the purpose of preaching to your people. There are wonderful people. I pray, God, in your precious name that you would use me tonight to edify, to encourage. Lord, I pray that at some point in this sermon, there would be a supernatural visitation of the Holy Ghost that would heal bodies, break strongholds, open the windows of heaven, and pour out blessings. Touch everybody watching at home. Let them be encouraged and strengthened by this timely word. In Jesus' name, shout amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Praise God. You may be seated. Everything God does has a witness. In the case of Israel's journey through the wilderness, the Bible tells us that there were six witnesses. Heaven and earth, the songs that Moses sings at the close of Deuteronomy, the book of the law, the tabernacle, and last but not least, Moses is a witness. But what exactly do these things and Moses witness of? What they witness of is a God doing countless miracles on behalf of people he loves. Deuteronomy 7 and 7 says, The Lord did not set his love upon you, 
nor choose you because you were more in number than any people, for you were the least or the fewest of all people, but because the Lord loved you. It is interesting to think about all the amazing things Moses witnessed God do out of a love for his people. But what is equally interesting is to consider how did Moses decide which miracles to mention and which to leave out. At some point, Moses had to make editorial decisions. And still, what we have left is not just the books of the law, but books full of miracles. There was the miracle of the burning bush. There was the miracle associated with Moses' rod. There was the miracles associated with the plagues. There is the miracle of the Red Sea. There is the, rare, the miracle of manna falling from heaven. There is the miracle of mass healings from snake bites. And if that were not enough, there was the miracles Moses witnessed take place in his own life. And to be more precise, in his own body. Being infected and healed of leprosy within seconds. Not being able to speak for his entire life. And then moments before his death, he begins to sing songs that are chapters long. And let us not forget that Moses began his ministry at the ripe age of 80. And yet his strength remained unabated despite being elderly and advanced in age. Moses was a witness that God not only does miracles for millions, but for individuals as well. In our text tonight... We find ourselves reading one of the many peculiar miracles that Moses decided needed to be included in the five books of the law. Moses tells the Israelites that he witnessed God be so good to them that their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. A miracle is a miracle. And no matter how you look at it, when you see a miracle, you can't help but be amazed by it. Somewhere in his daily interactions with the Israelites, Moses never failed to be mesmerized by the fact that these people traveling through the wilderness never had a single foot swell. The, some scholars estimate there were somewhere near three million Israelites. Moses never saw six million feet swell. Not the heat, not the miles of the marching, nor the tough terrain of the desert was able to make a single Israelite foot suffer inflammation or swelling. It is no mystery to anyone, be it an Israelite or a churchgoer living in 2021, that the first line of defense against your feet swelling in the desert is a shoe. The only thing between an Israelite's foot and rocks, thorns, scorpions, snakes, and hot desert sand was their shoes. Later on, Moses will testify that not even the shoes wore out. But when you stop and think about it, a foot that won't swell while walking hundreds of miles under some of the harshest conditions known on earth can only mean that they're being protected by more than just shoes. What I'm about to say next may sound elementary, but it needs to be said. And you churchgoers of 2021 need to be reminded of this. Walking according to God's leading and obeying his commandments comes with an unexplainable 
an undeniable witness that God is watching over us, even down to the smallest details. And yes, little things matter. Little things matter to God. It's too easy to be in the fight of your life and trust God for all the big things, but then give up in the middle of a miracle because you get discouraged by all the little things that need constant attention. Tonight, I want to encourage East Bay Bible Fellowship. God's doing big things, but he's also doing a whole lot of little things. Oh, yes. Moses saw plagues emerge out of the Nile River. Moses saw fire and ice blend together and fall like hail from heaven. Yes, Moses saw his rod turn to a snake and then consume other snakes. Yes, Moses saw manna fall from heaven. Yes, Moses saw the Red Sea split in half and an entire nation brought to its knees. Yes, Moses saw God write on tablets of stone the laws of God. But when it was all said and done, Moses wanted to remind us that he also saw feet that did not swell under the pressure of a ruthless and unforgiving wilderness. Tonight, I came to preach to you, keep on walking in God's ways, because it's the only way that is being supernaturally watched over, details included. I don't know who the devil's been lying to, but I just feel like somebody has walked into church tonight. I just feel like somebody logged on tonight and the devil's been telling you that God's not going to work out the details. You have absolute faith for the big stuff, but when you get to thinking about all the little stuff, you start thinking about quitting church. You start thinking about quitting on God. You start thinking about walking another way. I came to remind you that God is in the details and God is doing little things and God is keeping feet from swelling in 2021. Oh yes, he can keep feet, he can keep shoes from wearing out. But can I preach to you? He can keep feet from swelling. He can work out the most minute details of your circumstance, the most minute details of your situation. I'm tired of this spirit that says God don't care about the little stuff. God cares about the little stuff. Oh, let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody right now. Hallelujah. Oh, let's put our hands together for Jesus tonight. Come on. Can I remind you of the words of our Lord Jesus in Matthew 10, 29? He said, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. Fear ye not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Let me talk to you about the sparrow for just a few seconds. We have them here and they have them in Israel. The sparrow is a small intrusive bird, which in the times of Jesus really was in great abundance, perhaps even more than they are today. Despite the sparrow's small size, it fearlessly made its nest wherever it wanted. It was considered a nuisance and a pest by the people of Jesus' day. And as far as the people of Jesus' day were concerned, this bird was practically worthless, not even worth a penny. And yet Jesus says that not one of these little birds falls to the ground without our Heavenly Father taking notice. Jesus did not point to the sparrow for no reason. 
This little bird considered a worthless pest has something to teach us tonight. And it's this. God does, God does pay attention to the little things in life. And God pays attention to the details because they matter. Not because they're valued by everyone. It does not matter whether everybody values the details or not. God is watching over the little things. It does not need to be important. I'm, let me talk to you about your life specifically. Your details matter to God. And it does not matter if your details don't matter matter to everyone else if it's important to you amen God is willing for it to be important to him as well God is not waiting amen for your little situations in life to be valued by all of society before he hears your prayer and answers it God says if it's important to you then it's important to me because I love you not because come on somebody because I love you if it's important to you it's important to me hallelujah Hey, I'm just, I, I'm just going to tell you. I remember, praise God, when I first got married, my wife would sometimes pray about the littlest things. And I used to kind of giggle and laugh. But then God would go off and answer her little prayer. It was a little thing to her. And to me, sometimes it was things I did not value. Praise God. But it doesn't, I don't have to value it for God to value it. And I don't have to value it for God. To, come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. There's stuff, you got a laundry list of little things that you you're afraid to pray about because maybe perhaps somebody has told you that don't mean nothing. You don't need to pray about that. I am I am sick and tired of Pentecostal saying I don't pray about everything. If you say that, then we don't need to talk about anything because I'm just one of those folks that believes you ought to pray about everything. I'm just one of those people that believes it's okay to pray about where you lost your keys and it's okay to pray about God replacing something you lost and it's okay to pray about a tiny bill and it's okay to to pray about a little preference and it's okay to pray. I'm preaching to somebody right now. See, we get stuck in this in this spirit, in this rut that says God only cares about big stuff and you gotta handle everything else. Hey, I got news for you. If you're willing to walk with Jesus, he's willing to walk with you. Amen. And there's nothing too little. I said there's nothing too little. There's nothing too little for our God. Everybody preaching about there's nothing too big for God. Well, how about this? There's nothing too little for God. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, somebody give God some praise right now. God is talking to somebody right now. I don't know if they're out there on internet land or sitting in these chairs, but you need to hear this preacher good. Your little situation, your little circumstance, those little details, if you let God answer it, amen, hallelujah, he'll answer it, praise God. But you gotta get, you gotta shake yourself and say, my God is able to take care of big things and little things, and so I'm gonna pray about everything. Oh, yeah. Give God praise. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hey, Amen. Can I encourage you tonight? Bring your little things to the altar. Psalms 84 and 3. Psalmist David says, Lord God, all powerful, my king and my God, sparrows. Find a home near your altars. You bless everyone who lives in your house, and they sing your praises. Why does God keep his eyes on the sparrow? Because the sparrow makes his home near the altar. Hey, 
those little annoying pestilent birds, there's just something about them says, I don't care. That might be y'all's holy space, but I want to live there. Y'all might tiptoe around all this, but I want to live there. I want, I, want to, I, I, I want to be right there. Amen. Can I tell you that little things left at the altar always get God's attention. If a sparrow that makes his home in the altar has God's attention, what happens when you bring a cell phone bill to the altar? What happens when you bring a little fear that you always struggle with to the altar? What happens when you bring little nagging voices that just bother you? Maybe you're, you're embarrassed to even talk about it because when you articulate it, it seems silly. And the few times you've even dared talk to anybody else about it, they laugh at you. How about, what do you think God thinks about those little childhood fears that have been that have been holding on to you like fleas on dogs praise God what happens when you bring those little things to the altar I'll tell you what happens God looks down on those things those things get God's attention because even little things can sing his praises God says I'll answer a little prayer because a little prayer answered amen will bring me praise because a little praise answered amen will sing to me a little prayer oh come on somebody Oh, somebody give God some worship. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, East Bay Bible Fellowship. Can I tell you, you are of more value than a sparrow. But take a lesson from the sparrow and make your home near the altar. Hallelujah. Just live there. Just, just, come on, somebody. Just live there. Just, this is, this is not part of my message. But can I tell you that in the book of Revelation, amen, at the very end, John is caught up in the heavens. And all of a sudden he hears thundering and crying and weeping. Amen. Hallelujah. And he asks the angel, what is that? And the angel responds, those are the saints that live under the altar. Amen. Hallelujah. Can I tell you that there's only one way saints are going to make it in these last days. You're going to have to live under the altar. You're going to have to keep your head buried under the altar. Your knees bent at the altar. Your life state. Come on, hallelujah. Enough with all these altarless lives. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, if you're going to make it in 2021 and forward, it's going to be because you stay under the altar. What's that mean? It means you pray a whole lot. It means you talk to God a whole lot. It means, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I'm of more value than the sparrow. But even that little bird values the altar. If that little bird has a value of the altar, why can't we value the altar? Hallelujah. I'm telling you, Jesus wasn't using that bird for no reason. Jesus knew exactly what he was saying. Jesus knew exactly what we would wrestle with in these last days. And I'm going to tell you what the struggle of the church is in these last days. It's to stay under the altar. It's to make your home near the altar. It's to talk a lot at the altar. It's to tell God about the little things at the altar. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say praise God. I remember. It wasn't really because I planned to, but it just happened this way. I came to the Lord and I ended up living at the church. Like I lived there. And uh, I shouldn't have been living there. It was not a good place to live. 
And uh, I slept in the, the closet where they kept the sound system. And um, I remember I had been there probably about a week or two, and I started noticing I was getting a really bad cough. And uh, I started getting this, like, pulsating pain behind my left eye. And, uh, you know, the cough was okay. The pain behind the eye was not great. You know, I, you, anyways, <laughs> uh, it, it kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And I remember the day I said, you know what, Lord, I'm living at the church. I, I can't think of any other way to give my life more to you. And uh, I said, I know you love me. And uh, at the time, I, I had really stepped out by faith. I, I, not only did I get out from under my mother's house, I got out from under my mother's medical plan. Praise God. And uh, we didn't have blue shield or red, nothing. We didn't, it was the old rugged cross. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, I just remember I, I stepped out of that, that, that sound room at 3 in the morning because I couldn't stop coughing. And my eye was just felt like it was going to fall out of my head. And I remember I got on my knees in the middle of the sanctuary and I just started praying and I started praying and I started praying and I started crying and I just told God all the little things that were going on. I said, God, you see how my left eye feels. God, you see this cough. You know I don't have health insurance. You know that times are hard. You know where I'm living. You know what I'm going through. You know the struggle. And I'm telling you, I prayed and I prayed and I wept and I cried and I got beneath the altar. Hallelujah. But can I preach to you tonight that when I got up, that eye stopped pulsating. Can I tell you that when I got up, I just miraculously stopped coughing. Hey, I'm I'm not sure what you've been told, but we still believe in miracles around here. I'm not sure what you've been told, but we still believe that God answers prayers. I'm not sure what you've been told, praise God, but we are Pentecostal, praise God, and we still believe that God moves in supernatural ways. Moses believed it, I believe it, praise God. Hey, I'm just telling you right now, Jesus did it and I still believe it, praise God, and I don't see anywhere in my Bible where God stopped doing miracles. I don't, I don't read anywhere in my Bible where God ran out of power. In fact, I read just the opposite. It says Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, hallelujah. Let's get a Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Come on. Let's just pray a little bit right now. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You know, I'm just going to be honest with you. And I know it's Wednesday night. And I thank everybody that makes a sacrifice to be out here tonight. I know it's hard. Praise God. And uh, But can I tell you, there's something that wants to unlock in this service. There, I could feel it right now. There's a faith that wants to open up in the hearts of people. There's a belief in God that wants to open up. And, you know, can I tell you, there's just days. I step into the prayer room. I don't care who hears me. I'm, I'm by myself most of the time anyway.
place. And just, just because I feel it, you just feel resistance in your heart. And I, I'll, I'll start the prayer off and I'll just say these simple words. I believe in God. And I'll start praying. And I'll start saying all the stuff that I believe God can do in my life. Praise God. And when I run out of things to praise God for, amen, that he's done in my life, I start praising him for the stuff he did in Noah's life, in the stuff he did in Joseph's life, in the stuff he did in Moses' life, in the stuff he did in Peter's life, in the stuff, come on, those are our brethren. The Bible says that we are surrounded by a many cloud of witnesses. Oh, if only you could hear the voice of the saints of God in heaven. Some of them you know. Praise God. Some of them have, amen, some of them are your family members that have gone on to be with God. And if you could just hear your voice, their voice, you know what they'd be saying to you? Keep on praying. Keep on believing. Talk to God about everything and get yourself under the altar. He hears you. He listens. He sees you. Don't stop talking to God. Don't stop praying. Don't, come on. Oh, come on. Let's, let's get into this a little bit. Hallelujah. Let's see what God can do on a Wednesday night. Praise God. moving right now. I feel the gift of faith opening up in us right now. Oh, Jesus. Come on, let's just keep praying a few more moments. I promise you, I'm not trying to hype you up. You have my word. I'm not trying to drum this up. But I am telling you, I feel the gift of faith. I have evangelized and pastored long enough to tell you when I know that the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. They are in operation right now. Hallelujah. You don't even need to be that jazzed or hyped up about it. But if you could just exercise a little bit of faith, if you could just begin to just declare to yourself, Hallelujah. If you could just begin to talk back to all those devils, amen, that have been patronizing you and pestering you and declare, I believe in God. Hallelujah. Begin to talk to God about the little things and begin to talk to God about the nagging things and begin to talk to God about those afflicting things and begin to talk to God about those long, oh, come on, about those long-term things that have been eaten away at you. Praise God. I'm telling you, God will take care of that. Yes, he will. Oh Jesus. 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 Oh Oh hallelujah. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Oh God. Hallelujah. God is watching over the details in our lives. I said God is watching over the details 
in our lives. The Bible didn't have to say it, but it said it. When Israel crossed the Red Sea, they crossed on dry land. Had they, you know, I'm not a scientist, but when you move water, usually what's under that is mud. God didn't have to work that detail out. But God said, I'm going to work that detail out. Bible says that, hey amen, they threw the three Hebrew boys in the fire. And when they came out, the Bible says that they did not smell like smoke. God, I would have been happy had I come out smoky. Hey, I would not be complaining. A miracle's a miracle. I, I, I could have came out singed and extra crispy, and I still would have been praising God. But God said, your clothes ain't burning, your shoes ain't burning, your hair's not burning. And I'm going to add this little detail to your situation. I won't even let you smell like smoke. Pastor Prado, what does that mean? You mean I'm going to tell you what that means for you in 2021. Whatever trial you're going through, not only can God get you through the trial, but he can make sure you don't smell bitter when you get out. He can make sure that the smell of the trial ain't even on you. You ever been around somebody that made it through the trial, but the smell of the trial is still on them? I'm telling you, God is so good that he'll bring you through the trial, and not even a scent of the trial will be left on you. You won't talk about it. You won't, you'll, you'll laugh about it. Praise God. You'll, you'll have joy. You'll come out on the other side. Amen. No smell of bitterness. No anger. No resentment. No vic. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, he'll take care of it all right down to the smell detail. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but I'm talking to somebody, and I need you to hear me tonight. You'll make it through the fire. Your clothes won't get burned. Your hair won't be singed, and you won't have the smell of smoke on you. You won't have... Come on. He'll, he'll help you to forgive people you never thought you could forgive. He'll help you. Come on. He'll get you to the point where you'll stop asking why you let me go through that. He'll get you to the point where you won't regret the way things played out. You'll be able to say, yeah, though he slays me, yet will I trust him in. I know my Redeemer lives. Hallelujah. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know why I'm getting on this. But I'm telling you, you got to be able to make it through the trial without the scent of the trial on you. And the only way you could do that is a whole lot of little prayers through the whole thing. Just a whole lot of little prayers. Hey, the devil knows better than you and I that if he could just pepper you with little annoying things, he could get you to quit. Because, you know, eventually all that stuff adds up. He'll just wear you out. In some cases, you know, we're over here waiting for the big knockout punch. The devil has, he, he plans on winning this fight jabs only. And so all, when you're going through something, you have to just pray, 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 pray. That's why the scripture talks about pray without ceasing. Because there's going to be a lot of little things that the devil's going to throw at you and throw at you and throw at you and throw at you until he breaks you down and wears you thin. And he knows it works that way. 
But I got news for you. It works the other way too. A lot, a lot of little prayers. A lot of little, a lot of little faith. A lot, a lot of little petitions and supplications go a long way. Hey, Peter, Peter started asking Jesus how they were going to pay taxes. You know the extension's over, right, Jesus? We're a 501c3, but they still want their money. Did you forget about the due date, Jesus? Let, let me go get Matthew. He used to collect taxes because you've forgotten. Jesus said, Peter, the coin is in the fish's mouth. Go get you in a boat. And out of that big blue ocean, one little fish is going to come out. And the coin to pay these taxes will be in his mouth. I'm telling you, God got the little, the little stuff worked out. God, hey, in case no one's told you, God knows the due date on your bills. God knows the due date on your situation. God knows the expiration date too. God, God, God has all that taken care of. God has all that taken care of. The question is, amen, do you believe that it can get taken care of through doing what you're called to do? Do you believe that you can pay attention? Amen. To, do you believe that God can pay the bills as you stay a fisher of men? Can you believe that as you keep giving yourself to the work of God? Can you believe that as you keep working on your nets and keeping your boat going and staying plugged into the things of God, that God can take care of the stuff? I, it may not be to your liking. Some of us like stuff to be paid way in advance. And sometimes God will just get you on that 1159 with 59 second to go plan. But when you're there, don't, don't, don't lose heart. Don't lose faith. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Everybody, everybody, everybody's got to live in that zone. Everybody has to get down sometimes to the buzzer. And that don't bother God. God's got you covered. God's got you covered. God's got the little things taken care of. God's, come on somebody. God has the details worked out. What we need to do is work out our faith. And we need to work it out to the place where it includes all things. We need some all things faith. Too, too many of God's people have some things, big things, but not all things. We need some of that all things faith. Matthew 6, Jesus says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 21 and 22, Jesus says, and all these things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. We need some of these all these things kind of faith. We need, we need, to, we need to let God in on all these things. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus said, the Gentiles worry about shoes. The Gentiles worry about clothes. The Gentiles worry about rent. The Gentiles worry about all this stuff. But if you want to worry about it too, let me tell you how you worry. You seek God and his righteousness. You make your home near the altar. You stay in the altar. You put God first in all things. Praise God. And all these things will be taken care of. I, 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 the, this is the most negative thing I'm saying tonight. If you don't plan on giving God 
God. Amen. Hallelujah. All these things. If you don't plan on turning over all your all these things, all these worries, big things, little things, health and bills, whatever it is. If you don't plan on giving him all these things, don't expect him. Amen. Hallelujah. To move on all these things. Amen. God wants that kind of a relationship with you. He wants an all these things kind of relationship. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Hey. Matthew 22 and 4. Jesus says again. This is a parable. He sent forth other servants saying, tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed and all these things are ready. Come unto the marriage. If you don't know this parable, let me just briefly go through it with you. There's a king and he says, I'm fixing to have me a wedding and I want everybody to come. But first go get my friends and my closest associates. He tells his servants, go get them. It's going to be the bash of a lifetime. They go out and they go and tell his friends and all his friends have excuses. Amen. One, one, one group of friends says, we just bought a house. We, we got to take care of the house. Another group of friends says, we just bought some ox. We got to take care of the ox. The other friend said he blamed it on his wife. He said, I just got married. I got to stay home tonight. Praise God. They all had excuses. Praise God. Jesus didn't say they were lying. They, they just had excuses. Praise God. They came back and they told their king, we're sorry. Your friends are more worried, amen, about their stuff, amen, than they are about this great big wedding, this great big feast, this party of a lifetime, this invitation of a lifetime. Your friends don't believe that they can show up to this supper and everything will be taken care of at the same time. They just don't have faith for that. They somehow believe that showing up to this supper is going to make their whole life fall apart. Oh, I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight. Praise God. But I am just here to let you know that ain't nothing going to fall apart when you put God first. Don't you let the devil lie to you and tell you, amen, hallelujah, that if you give yourself over wholly to the things of God, that the things of your life are going to fall apart. Praise God, that's not how this works, honey. God says, you, you come to me and I'll take care of your business. Praise God. You, you come and serve me and watch me do stuff. Amen. While you're, while you're here, I'll be in your house. While you're here, I'll be on your job. While you're here, I'll be working across. Now, come on, somebody. I'll be working across. Amen. Your situation and moving and doing miracles. Praise God. Hey, I'm, I don't know who I'm talking. Amen. The Bible even says in the book of Matthew 11 and 1 that Jesus brought his disciples. He said, it's time for y'all to go do some outreach. And he sent them all to go do outreach. And when they got out of his sight, Jesus turned around and went to the cities where they lived. Jesus said, you go take care of my business and I'm going to go. You go witness to people and I'm going to go witness to your mother. I know your cousin. I know your uncle. I'm preaching to somebody. You're getting discouraged because you got a son, a daughter, a brother, a sister, a cousin that's not coming to God. Amen. Hallelujah. How about you go and do God's work and watch God go do the work of your family? Oh, yes, he will. Yes, he will. He'll save your Uncle Richard while you're knocking on the door of a stranger. He'll move on your cousin. He'll move on your brother. He'll move on your mother. He'll move on your sister. He'll move on your brother while you're up in here. Come on, somebody. I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. Hallelujah. He told him. He said, well, then go get some other people. My friends don't want to come. Go get me some people. Because all these things 
are prepared. Hey, guess what? When you accepted the invitation to come to the marriage supper of the Lamb, everything was taken care of. Before you ever stepped into an apostolic church, the day you got out your car and walked through the doors for the first time, God had your college, your bills, your school, your children, your husband, your wife, your spouse, you name it. He had all that taken care of. Somebody said, why ain't I married yet? Hallelujah. Why ain't the bills paid yet? Why ain't the, why is the kids still acting crazy? What's going on with my marriage? I'll tell you what's going on. God's still going to show you I got all these things taken care of. I got all these things taken care of. But while you're here, I need you to believe me. I need you to stand fast and firm in your faith. I need you, hallelujah, to present yourself. No excuses. Amen. Hallelujah. To my house, to my will, to my calling, to my purpose. Praise God. I'm preaching to somebody right now. Hallelujah. You are here today by divine providence and will of God. I don't care how you ended up here. I don't care if we won you to God or you came from another church. God brought you here. Praise God. And you're here by the divine will of God. And God has brought you to the place Amen. Where all these things are going to begin to get answered. All these things are going to begin to come to pass. All these, you're about to find out that God had it all taken care of before you ever walked through the door. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, let's give Jesus a hand and clap of praise. Philippians 4 and 6 says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, but in all these things, by prayer, and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God what is the situation what is the request make it known make hey I'm going to tell you something we're about to get a little deep here I'm going to tell you something some of you don't know it but the way you were raised and conditioned you were made to suppress your desires and there's some prudence there. There's some wisdom there. You know, there's things that my kids love eating. They love cake. They're just not going to have cake, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They love cereal. And there's just days I'm like, no more cereal. If I see another box of cereal and carton of milk, no. There's just days you got to, you can't let them just have whatever they want. But I'm going to tell you something. Some of us were always being told no. For everything. No, you can't have an allowance. No, you can't have money. No, you can't have that game. No, you can't have that toy. No, you can't go outside. No, you can't have those friends. No, you can't go here. No, you can't go there. I am sorry. I'm probably going to get on somebody's real nerves here today. Some of y'all went to churches where no was the favorite word. Some of y'all had no ministries. Sorry. Hate to tell you that. Sorry, not sorry. You just went, you just, every, every Sunday was a new no. Every Sunday, just some issue. I'm not an issues preacher. And I don't apologize for that. I'm not going to be, I, God did not call me to be chasing devils. God did not call me to even stay up to par with the latest, with the latest mechanism and tool of sin. 
If I can, I'm just one of those pastors that believes if I can get you praying, if I can get you believing, if I can keep, if I can inspire you to get involved in the things of God, that just, that just has a way of getting all the sin off you anyways. When you're living right, when you're praying, when you're fasting, when you're in communion and fellowship, when you've had a Bible study, you just know, amen, there's just no place in your house for a, for a flat screen television. You just know, amen, you, you are not going to be subscribed to Netflix. You just know. No, praise God. It is not Christian movie night. You just know. There's just stuff you know. There's just, when you get on fire, that fire burns. Amen. When, I'm telling you, that fire burns. That, that's why Jesus said, amen, that the Holy Ghost, amen, is like fire. Amen. And it burns off all the chaff. And it burns off all the, I'm just, a, if I can get you on fire, I won't have to preach to you no every week. I'm not, I, I'm not trying to preach that anyways. Praise God. But I'm telling you, what ends up happening is, you 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 lose the ability to articulate your desires and tell God what you need. I am telling you right now, one of the most liberating, powerful moments I've ever had in my life was when I came. We were at we were at High Street, Amen, on thirteen sixty one High Street, and I I just had all I I didn't even know what I was feeling. I just felt bothered. I felt angry. I felt broken. I felt distressed. I felt despondent. I felt disoriented. I didn't. I couldn't even articulate the feelings I had. All piled up. In inside of me. And I remember one day I went down to 1361 High Street and we had chairs lined up in the back just like this. I don't know. We're just, we got a thing for chairs against the wall in the back. But I, I went to those chairs. I got down on my knees and for the first time in 40 years, I was finally able to tell God, this is what I want. I want you to, I want me to, I want this situation too. I want these feelings too. And when I, every time I just said what I wanted, I started sobbing. I started crying. I started, and somebody said, you, you know, you're just teaching people to live lustful and desireful. I beg to differ. I'm telling you right now, there was a lot of stuff. The minute I said it, I thought, you know what? I really don't want that. Praise God. But I had to get it out first. I had to realize that's just silly. That's just stupid. But there was other stuff. When I finally said it, I thought, I don't know why I didn't say that earlier. I don't know why I just didn't tell God that earlier can I tell you that the minute I started articulating to God how I was you know you know you know we go to God and we play games we have masks on we have we, we have all these images on we want we, we, we show up to the prayer room trying to impress God that we're righteous and that we're we're this and that we're controlled and poised and dear Lord Jesus heavenly and we pray all we, we pray all ceremoniously and stuff and I'm just telling God God knows you're burning up God knows you're broken God knows God knows that despite having a degree. You have no idea what you're doing. God knows that despite being smart, amen, it's not working out. God knows, praise God, that you and your wife have that conflict. God knows that you, God knows that you're resenting your kids. God knows, amen, how you feel. God knows that you're sick. God knows, amen, that you're broken. God knows that you're fed up. God knows that... God knows that there's conflicts you're avoiding. God knows there's people you're ghosting and running from. God knows all that stuff. Yeah. And hey, let me just tell you, sometimes it's not that our parents were saying no. It's life was saying no. But there's something about living under the no. It robs you of talking to God about the little things. 
I don't, I don't. Let me keep moving. Zechariah 14 and 10 says it this way. For who hath despised the day of small things? It is interesting to me that the prophet Zechariah said, on behalf of the Lord, you tell my people to not despise the day of small things. Some people don't actually despise the small things. What they despise is that there's a whole day of it. Some people are like, yeah, I can pray about little stuff, just not like 20 times. And sometimes it is the day of small things. Sometimes you're praying about, God, help me get dinner cooked. Sometimes you're praying about, God, I can't do my hair. God, help me find my keys. God, it's just the small things. And it's, just, and it's just a ton of little things you're praying about all throughout the day. God, help me make this meeting. God, help me. God, God talk to my boss. I got to get the day off. God, it's just a bunch of small things. God, help me. God, help me get this. God, help me get this, this appointment. God, help me. Help me finish this final. Help me do this. And, and it's all the little things. And, you know, it's so easy to despise that day and say, man, I just wish I had I had a great big blessing. I just wish I had the great big direction. I just wish I had all these things that I already wanted. I just wish I didn't have to go to court 10 more times. I just wish I didn't have to call 10 more times. I just wish I didn't have to ask about this every day. I just wish this trial was all and God, and the prophet says despise not the day of small things amen when you're living in the day of small things amen keep talking to God about the small things when you're living in the day of small things don't despise don't get angry amen don't get bitter don't get don't get jealous of anybody don't don't get distracted praise God keep your focus keep your po- poise and just know hallelujah his mercies are new every morning praise God soon the day will be over and when you wake up tomorrow there's going to be a brand new day and it's going to be full of God's mercies oh hallelujah lift your hands to Jesus as the musicians come Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus.